Hello there, and you're very welcome to Poem of the Week. Hello, I'm Morgan O'Reilly, and once again, you're very welcome to Poem of the Week, Near FM's year-long series promoting poetry. The series is a collaboration between Near FM, local poets and members of the community. Each week we will be celebrating poetry both new and old, Irish and international, and published and unpublished work alongside a significant date in our calendar. This week's poem is Digging by Seamus Heaney, read now by Elizabeth Rose Murray. Between my finger and my thumb, the squat pen rests, snug as a gun. Under my window, a clean rasping sound. When the spade sinks into gravelly ground, my father digging. I look down till his straining rump among the flower beds bends low, comes up twenty years away, stooping in rhythm through potato drills where he was digging. The coarse boot nestled on the lug, the shaft against the inside knee was levered firmly. He rooted out tall tops, buried the bright edge deep to scatter new potatoes that we picked, loving their cool hardness in our hands. By God, the old man could handle a spade, just like his old man. My grandfather cut more turf in a day than any other man on Torna's bog. Once I carried him milk in a bottle, cogged sloppily with paper. He straightened up to drink it, then fell to right away, nicking and slicing neatly, heaving sods over his shoulder, going down and down for the good turf, digging. The cold smell of potato mould, the squelch and slap of soggy peat, the curt cuts of an edge through living roots awakening in my head. But I've no spirit to follow men like them. Between my finger and my thumb, the squat pen rests, I'll dig with it. The Good Friday Agreement was a major political development in the Northern Ireland peace process of the 1990s, signed on Good Friday, April the 10th, 1998. The agreement established a number of new political and legal frameworks in Northern Ireland, the Republic of Ireland and the United Kingdom. For the very first time, it was acknowledged across all parties that the majority of people in Northern Ireland wished to remain in the United Kingdom, but that a substantial minority in Northern Ireland and the vast majority of people on the island of Ireland wished to bring about a united Ireland. Amidst the backdrop of decades of political and sectarian violence, that both of these views were deemed legitimate was a massive step forward in the peace process. Elizabeth, that was a lovely reading. Thank you very much. Uh, what made you choose that poem? Well, I grew up in the northeast of England, so it maybe I know a lot of people here, um, Seamus Heaney would be like a household name, but where I grew up it wasn't. And the first time I ever heard that poem, um, I'll have been seven, maybe eight years old. Um, and I was living in this council estate in the northeast of England, and I um, had very limited access to books. It was whatever um, the local library deemed would be good for you to read, which is very rarely, as we know, back in those days, the 1980s, what we actually wanted to read. Um, so I had a really good teacher called Ronald Hill, um, and he used to kind of smuggle in books that were probably not suitable for us at that age, but he'd bring us, like, Seamus Heaney, and he used to just not say anything and just scatter these books around and say, right, you've got free time, you can do what you want. Um, and we'd go choose the books. And he just, he was a retired teacher and he'd been in the army and he was very kind of, you know, um, 
he's one of these kind of true brick kind of teachers but it was a very deprived area and he'd actually retired years before but he just loved his job but he just thought that literature could help people in um, so many ways. And you didn't have any Irish connections or anything like that? or No, um, the funny thing is, um, so um, I'd never been anywhere rural like that. Um, I certainly didn't live anywhere where people grew potatoes. Um, there was no digging. I'd never even seen a spade. Uh, people didn't have gardens. Like The only greenery that we, we hung out in was some um, cemetery. We used to hang out in the cemetery because they had trees and flowers and no one bothered you in there. And we used to hang out along the railway tracks because it'd have like, wasteland. So it just sounded totally idyllic. Um, but the other thing is, um, my grandparents were dead before I was born, so I never had a granddad. Um, and it was a single pair of family, so I didn't even know my dad. And this is evidently a poem about the relationship of three men. But um, at that time, um, I'd spent some time in uh, foster parents. And I came back um, home when I was seven. And it was a few months after I'd come back and I was reading that. And what I loved about the poem, what really spoke to me, was um, his sense of being so different to the other people in his um, family. But it also had this sense that even though he was obviously quite, felt quite vulnerable or, you know, upset by this, he actually thought, you know, maybe I've got something else to offer, you know, with, with his pen. We've heard about Heaney anyway, but what about yourself, Elizabeth? Got a couple of books published at this stage, um, none of them poetry. Uh, so <laughs> you write mostly young adult fiction and children's fiction, am I right? Yeah, yeah. Um, but I started off with short stories and poems, but what happens is as soon as you publish a novel, then everyone just puts you down as an author um, and the whole, and they forget about the other things that you've done. And what happened with you was you, you, you didn't just publish a novel, you published a, a young adult fiction novel, which is, again, gives people another reason to kind of you know earmark you or compartmentalize you as a young adult fiction writer so was that different again yeah um my journey to publication was a little bit unusual in that i signed two book deals at the same time with two different publishers um and also the one was a three book deal and one was a standalone um what the three book deal was for a urban fantasy trilogy for eight to twelve year olds set in ireland and the standalone was for a contemporary novel about a girl with an alcoholic mum in the northeast of England with real cake recipe structure in the book so they're extremely different um, and then so when my first book came out which was the first of a trilogy so that was the middle grade book actually but my next book was then my um, young adult book mm-hmm. so it had happened though people were like okay now you're a children's writer and we'll forget about the short stories we'll forget about the poems and you're a, ch- uh, you know, a children's writer and then I was like aha well look at this shiny young adult book coming, coming <laughs> in and it also interrupted the trilogy as well so um but, you know, and people were saying, you know, it, it's not a good thing to do. And it's, you know, it, it was almost like the world was going to explode. But um, the world didn't explode and it had no impact at all. And the readers were absolutely fine and they could make the transition fine, um, you know. But um, I, I feel really strongly that in the world of publishing, in the world of literature, people really try and compartmentalise you a lot. Um, so I actually don't tell people I'm an author. I always say I'm a writer. Because I always think you're only ever as good as the last book that you've written. And for that book to be any good, it has to be about the story. And if it's about the story, you know, sometimes that story that you want to tell might not even be a book at all, it could be a poem, or it could be, you know, a short story. Before we were chatting um, over tea, and we, you mentioned um, Roddy Doyle and makes some work on multiple projects, and, and I think that's quite free, and I think that's why I like to write different things. Um, I like to write what I like to read, so, you know, I really like literary fiction, I really like short stories, I really like poetry, but I've Genuinely, I've only ever written two really good poems in my life. <laughs> um, I've written a lot of poems, and I'd say only two of them are good. One was published by Southward um, in Cork, and the other one was published in an anthology when I was about 15, and 
no idea what happened to that. So, so you just mentioned that um, you mentioned Cork there, obviously, and you grew up in England, but you're living in Cork now. We should say it's it's West Cork. <laughs> it's definitely not Cork. There is a big difference, as Cork people <laughs> will tell you. Yeah, um, even though I'm a blow-in, um, I'm married to a local local, so I'm allowed to adopt the local traditions. And um, even when I give my address, I put West Cork, Cork. It doesn't even really exist, does it? Oh, it does. It does. <laughs> it's, a, it's a state of mind. It I think. Sta- exactly. It's, it is a state of mind. But... When we talk about Heaney, I mean, he was living in a divided community. Um, mm. And now you're living in West Cork, where I'm sure community is very, very strong. It's, 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 it's still rural Ireland, and it's still got that lovely community closeness. I, I just feel so blessed to be in Ireland now, like the, um, in terms of being a writer. And I genuinely don't think I would have ever become a writer if I hadn't lived in Ireland. Even though I was dabbling away and you know started writing again in Spain and was having some success, moving to Ireland and meeting other writers and um, publishers and you know the, the wealth of literary festivals here. Um, in Dublin you can't spit without landing on a writer in all fairness. It's, it's so inherent here, you know, like storytelling is such an Irish thing. In West Cork I genuinely they're going to kill me if they hear this, but now I purposely only go to the village early morning because everyone's got a story to tell and it's so fascinating, I, I, I can't not listen. Um, and all I wanted to do was buy some milk and it's meant to take five minutes, it takes <laughs> nearly an hour and a half. So I have to go really, really early and hide from people. <laughs> you are Murray Elizabeth, thank you very much uh, for coming to greet us here and thanks as well to the lovely people of um, the IFI in, for making lots of noise, but also giving us nice cups of tea. Um, Elizabeth, thanks very much. Thank you. Elizabeth Rose Murray writes fiction for children and young adults. Her first novel, The Book of Learning from the Nine Lives Trilogy, was published in August 2015 and was chosen as the 2016 Dublin UNESCO Citywide Read for Children. Elizabeth regularly facilitates workshops for both adults and children. She also provides manuscript reports and online workshops for Big Smoke Writing Factory and Inkwell Group and is the social media machine for writing.ie. Eeyore Murray is published by Mercier Press and Alma Books. That's it from us for this week. A big thank you to this week's contributor, our production team and everyone at Near FM, and also to Paula Meehan for her advice and support on this series. Poem of the Week is broadcast every Monday at 12 noon and every Saturday at 10am. Join us next time for Poem of the Week. Good luck and God bless. This programme was funded by the Broadcasting Authority of Ireland with the television licence fee.